In this week's show, we look back at the life and achievements of astronaut Jerry Carr. And as a special treat, we're joined by his former crewmate from the Skylab 4 mission, Ed Gibson. Thanks to all who have been in touch over the last week about episode one. We do love hearing from you. Uh, so don't forget to come and find us on social media at Space and Things One on Twitter and at Space and Things Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. But right now, take a breath, relax, and enjoy episode two of the Space and Things Podcast. You're listening to the Space and Things Podcast with Emily Carney and Dave Giles. I'm Dave Giles. And I'm Emily Carney, and welcome to episode two of our podcast. Welcome indeed. Uh, hopefully welcome back. So Emily, how are you doing? How's your week been? Uh, it's been actually pretty good. Uh, today is Labor Day in the United States, so, uh, so I am off today. I'm probably going to go out and... Uh, do something tonight maybe celebrate of course i'll be wearing a mask and i'll be uh social distancing and all that what what is labor day sorry for 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 us british people and other nationalities what is labor day i believe it's a it's like a workers holiday right hold on let me look on wikipedia real quick uh (laughs) i usually don't trust wikipedia (laughs) but let me look at it to uh kind of give a better i'm sure it should have a, a full definition (laughs) <laughs> it's a federal holiday in the United States on the first Monday in September. Uh, it recognizes and honors the American uh, labor movement and the works and contr- uh, contributions of laborers. So today I actually have a, a day off. So, um, yeah, I'm probably just going to go uh, hang out, go out and whatever's open because a lot of places are actually closed today as well. So I'll probably okay. just go out and I don't know, maybe have chicken wings. I <laughs> I have no, oh, nice. I have no idea. So I'm probably gonna go out and celebrate uh, somehow. Maybe I don't know. It'll be cool. That sounds great. Uh, but it's 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 been a it's been a pretty crazy week uh, with the launch of the podcast. I, I think it's been really really good. I've I've really enjoyed uh, seeing everyone's comments. Uh, so a big thank you to everyone who's listened. Um, and especially if you have sent us comments and feedbacks after the episode. Um, Social media and the internet is is a pretty odd thing. Um, so every time someone does post about it or tweet about it, it, it both is it's it's good for us and it also feeds our egos, which is also really lovely. So and quite overwhelming too. So thanks for that. Yes, uh, we've even had people sign up uh, to our uh, Patreon page, and we've had people, yes. which is awesome, and we really thank you a lot yeah. for that. Uh, I do encourage uh, if you're interested. Uh, I'm not trying to be pushy, but please check it out. Um, and also, we've had people buy a couple of T-shirts from our website, and we thank you so much for that. Um, that's really well beyond what we thought would happen after just one episode. So uh, thank you so much. We really appreciated it. it. I think we had a very good launch. Yeah, it was great. It was great. Thank you so much. It's, uh, it's been quite special. Um, so yeah, and if you want to know what we're talking about, um, head over to patreon.com forward slash space and things uh, or visit our website spaceandthingspodcast.com but uh, anyway enough of enough about that and about us um should we get started yes let's get started with this week's news hey congratulations this is real good uh since we recorded episode one uh it's been a few weeks so uh so much has happened that it's honestly been kind of difficult to keep up with everything yeah it's been it's just been relentless i'm gonna try and do a really quick summary of everything that's happened and i'll put links uh, to the videos of these launches within the descriptions 
uh, of this podcast, so you can go and check them out. There's been some really cool stuff. So by my reckoning, there have been two SpaceX Falcon 9 launches since we recorded episode one. Uh, one of which did a polar orbit, uh, and we've not seen them do that trajectory before. I watch every single one of these launches, so it was actually really nice to see it go in a different direction and have different camera angles, um, because these are getting very frequent, uh, which is which is wonderful. SpaceX have also been busy with their Starship rocket, um, which is their next generation of rocket and it's gonna it's pretty crazy what their ambitions are with this um, and the SN6 prototype did a little 150 meter hop uh, which is really crazy to, to watch uh, and worth watching so you should check that out um, NASA have also been testing the SLS flight support booster got a static firing test and the SLS being the space launch system which is going to be the most powerful rocket ever when it's finished uh, and it's NASA's plan to get astronauts beyond Earth orbit again. Um, and, and that was really something. They had some great drone footage of that going on, which was really cool. Um, the European Space Agency have also uh, had another launch. They've, they've launched a Vega rocket for the first time since last July, and this one was successful. The last time it wasn't. So that was great news to see them back on track with that. And it put 58 new satellites in, into orbit. Um, Rocket Lab down in New Zealand, they had a return to launch for their Electron rocket. And again, the last time out, that that didn't go so well. So it was good to see them being successful again. And they put their Photon satellite into orbit with that. And that has been sending back some amazing photos. So that's pretty cool. Um, we also had a, a, a launch scrub yeah. from the United Launch uh, Alliance, ULA. Uh, their Delta Heavy rocket, one of their big uh, big payload rockets, um, at T-3 minus seconds... Uh, just shut down and said no not today uh, and so that was pretty crazy and uh, there's something going on in China which um, maybe we'll talk about a bit more later but it's it's pretty scary and uh, I don't know I don't know uh, but w- w- what this has grabbed your attention Emily because it's, 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 it's kind of overwhelming how much there is yes well um, the two stories that kind of grabbed my attention the most Really was the, because uh, I was up to see it, I, I, I think it happened on a Friday night, Saturday morning, so uh, I was awake, although it was I was very tired. Um, the uh, Delta Four Heavy uh, Scrub at uh, T-minus uh, three seconds to launch, I laid in bed and I watched it in uh, about, I would say, uh, T-minus 15 seconds, uh, the pre, the kind of the pre-lighting um it started and I was like yeah you know and then everything just stopped at three seconds and I was like what was that what was what was was that (laughs) and I I think I was texting somebody I was like yo what 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 was that I've never seen that with the Delta 4 heavy launch that um yeah that kind of scared the the crap out of me a little bit because I've never seen it just like stop yeah yeah because the, the the engines came on right yeah. and then they just shut down almost immediately yep it just didn't i was like man i was anticipating it'd be a lot higher off the path <laughs> at this point <laughs> i was like oh my god <laughs> i guess what happened was uh they had an abort and uh the last I, I heard from ula i don't believe they've established a new uh a launch time yet or a new launch date mm. i believe they're still investigating into you know what may have caused it i guess what happens is and if I get any of this wrong, somebody please reach out and correct me. But I, I think the computer uh, detected something anomalous and just shut everything down, which is what it's, it's what it's supposed which to is do. Good, exactly. It it did its job and it, it prevented something potentially 
worse happening than just a, you know, shutdown at the pad. Yeah, yeah. so that was a little hair-raising, but um, I've never seen that personally happen with a Delta Four Heavy launch. But uh, it is 2020, so... <laughs> <laughs> it is 2020 yeah exactly right <laughs> so um it's 2020 so who knows uh, a lot of things have happened this year that nobody thought would happen so yeah hopefully that'll go off and of course um it's carrying a uh yeah in in rol uh 44 uh, satellite and that is a, a national reconnaissance office payload uh, and I don't know much about it other than I'm sure it spies on people. So, um, <laughs> I don't know what it looks <laughs> I have no idea what it looks yeah. like. Uh, I'm sure it just keeps an eye on bad people. And it's a large payload because Delta Four Heavy typically carries stuff that's either... Uh, very large or going far away. It, it seems like with all these launches, there's a hell of a lot, hell of a lot of stuff going up there at the moment. Like more satellites than ever... The, the, that the the ESA launch there was that was another fifty five satellites. I mean, every time one of these uh, Starlink thing goes up, that's another sixty odd satellites. Then it must be getting quite congested up there at the moment. Yeah, especially. Um, I gosh, it seems like every two seconds they're putting some new Star <laughs> Starlink stuff up. I'm like, I'm just chilling, and it's like Starlink launch, and I'm like, what? Like they just put up a bunch of stuff again. Again, there's another <laughs> yeah, one. Exactly. So, um, yeah, so, yeah, there seems to be a lot of launches this year. I think we did say this on the last episode, despite um, everything sort of stopping this year because of the uh, pandemic, unfortunately. It seems like space is still um, really going full steam ahead, which is really awesome. So it gives us something to hope, gives us some hope about. Um, For sure. Did you see the video of of the... first stage coming back from the chinese launch by any chance yet oh uh, yeah I, I caught that on twitter about f- three hours ago and i still don't know what the hell is going on but that's really scary <laughs> so i don't i don't want to comment too much because what the hell and it's you know but that's what what i mean i mean i just don't know uh, <laughs> it's about all i've got <laughs> that's funny that's all i got yeah um it's speculated that they put up uh, a Chinese uh, a space plane, uh, mm. uh, not as big as the shuttle, obviously, probably more of like the X-37B, which is the United States uh, classified uh, space plane. But uh, the first stage, uh, that, that footage of it coming back, that the um, orange stuff, the orange smoke, that's really bad stuff. Yeah. You yeah. don't want to breathe that in. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's far far too close to people for my liking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's just, it's not good. What what you see there is not good. So that was um, kind of unusual there. I agree. I, I don't think I like that a lot, but we're not going to get too much into it. I'm trying to think of anything else that's really uh, gained my attention. I'm excited to see the SLS program make some progress. And uh, yeah, for sure. And I was very happy to see Rocket Lab go back to space. I thought that was really cool. I love following them on uh, Twitter, and I think it's really cool that uh, New Zealand has kind of got their own thing going. I think that's really neat. They're pretty much on the edge of the earth, right? They've only got to push it <laughs> off. <laughs> yeah, they're like boom. <laughs> yeah, there you go, and they're in, <laughs> and they're in space. Yeah, right. And they're in space. So you know, so I don't know why people didn't think to, to launch from there in the past. I know. And joking aside, uh, we do also have some sad news. We mentioned this in episode one. I did a little drop in after we recorded it because I didn't want want to not 
um, acknowledge this uh, this event. Uh, but unfortunately, we did lose a- astronaut, um, former astronaut uh, Jerry Carr, uh, Gerald Carr. He was 88 years old. He was the commander of the final Skylab mission back in 1973-74. Um, and I think it's appropriate, therefore, that we spend the rest of this episode talking about him and that mission uh, and uh, paying tribute to him. Hey, I can see the comet. Yeah, look it, right out there. See it? Okay, I can see the, uh, the tail behind. Holy cow, yeah. Yeah, I think. Turn the lights off, Bill. Oh, yeah, beautiful. About two weeks ago, we lost Colonel uh, Gerald Paul Carr. Uh, many of you probably don't know uh, what is who he is or what he did, but um, today I'm hoping to pay tribute to him, and I'm going to hope that you all will learn a little more about his life and career. Uh, Jerry Carr was the commander of uh, what I think, I'm a little biased because I'm a, I'm a Skylab freak, uh, he was the commander of uh, Skylab 4, which was the last Skylab uh, mission. And it was uh, the longest mission. It was 84 days long, uh, and he had two crewmates. He had uh, pilot uh, Bill Pogue, and he had silent uh, silence. What the heck? A uh, science pilot. Uh, he definitely wasn't silent. Uh, science pilot uh, <laughs> uh, Ed Gibson. To provide some refreshment for this uh, episode, last night I, I actually watched. Um, it's a very short film it's a nasa film from like 1974 so it's got kind of a lot of cheesy 70s music and but there's this a uh, great film called Skylab 4 the last man mission and it uh, of course it says man because it was 1974 and um unfortunately at the time there were no women in uh space flight uh as far as being astronauts so that's why it's called that the thing that i get the most from this film and just reading about uh jerry carr and in, in front of me i have um this great book uh that uh, is written by david shaler he is a uh one of the big time space historians uh and he's written a ton of books about a lot of different subjects but he's written a really good book about skylab and he also uh did this biography of carr that's called around the world in 84 days and i suggest if you can hunt it mm. down you should get it between that movie and this book and other things i've read um one big takeaway i've gotten about skylab 4 is how much fun those guys had in space um if you look at a lot of the film they're they're you know they're doing aerobatics in the orbital workshop and you know they're smiling and they're just it seemed like um I mentioned this in the first episode and I am so sorry that I'm mentioning it again, but I feel like the mission is kind of overshadowed by kind of fake, you know, stories dogging them. (laughs) I don't want to say that word, but um, I feel like the (laughs) actual mission itself is really dogged by uh, things that were kind of blown out of proportion about um, them having kind of workflow issues. Really what happened was, you know, they they had too much on their schedule. Mission planners gave them too much because they were the last guys out of the gate. They were the last Skylab mission. And that really was the last opportunity they were going to have for that kind of space flight for decades. I mean, really, because if you look at space history, the next uh, long duration flight flown by a U.S. astronaut wasn't flown to the mid 90s. So Skylab 4 was basically it for a very long time. And uh, as a result, they got pretty much all the experiments. They got overloaded. That's really not a good way to work, really, for anybody. I mean, if you're at any job, if you're overloaded, you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to, 
you're going to get worn out and burned out really quick, which isn't good. Imagine if you're in the same cabin for, for three months as well at the same time as having all this workload. Although you're looking out at the world going by, by your window, you're in the same essentially t- tiny tube with the same guys for three months. That's tough. That's tough in itself. Just that as a mental exercise. Imagine taking two other people and having to work with them and not seeing any of your family and friends and being stuck in one room uh, or two rooms, but that's tough. Exactly. I mean, even though Skylab was a very large volume, you can't, it's not like you can just easily go outside or something. Exactly. It's not like, you know, you're still isolated, you know, in this area, really away from everybody for three months. Um, and that's, that's, mm. that's a lot, you know, or over three months, you know, really, I mean, that's a lot of time. And I don't think people really yeah. think about that, you know, and um, it, I liken it to being deployed, but at least being deployed, if you're on a carrier or in the military, you can go outside. I imagine there's a lot of people in this country in particular that, that haven't had the quarantine periods we've had this year, we might have some more sympathy with uh, the old Skylab 4 crew. Uh, having spent three months inside, but again, they could at least go in their gardens and uh, and and had changing weather. Um, yeah, <laughs> you know, it's like it's like um, you know, one of those things when I, I used to teach students, and it's one of those things whenever a student is having a bad day, you know, you try to kind of change their environment, maybe take them outside for a while or do something, mm-hmm. you know, so they can kind of refocus. And um, that's very difficult to do if you're in a spacecraft. Basically, what happened was, um, uh, to make a very short, very long story short, um, they basically um, rejiggered their um, schedule with the ground, and after that, everything worked great, and they actually got a ton of activities done. They got more done than the previous uh, couple Skylab missions, and uh, not only that, but in addition, the crew came back, and they were in really good shape. Mm. The first crew, they weren't in bad shape. But they were just starting to figure out the connection between, okay, we have to exercise a lot, especially near the end of the mission, so we can come back, you know, feeling good, you know, or feeling, you know, not having lost as much weight or having lost, you know, bone mass or muscle mass or anything like that. They were just figuring this out. They Nobody really knew about that. And um, that was really something amazing that came out of the mission was that they really learned how to... The, the last crew really learned how to nail, you know, that balance of, okay, living and working in space and how to take good care of our bodies and ourselves up there so we come back and we're not just limp, you know, <laughs> a limp doll. And instead it's reported as a mutiny. Yeah, which is sad. A few more things about that mission, which which I've picked up on recently going through the mission audio. The real mutiny should have happened when they run out of butter cookies. <laughs> Yes, I think I think it was Jerry reporting down that Ed wasn't happy that they'd run out of butter cookies, and I believe there's a web, web uh, there's a, the, a part of the NASA website which has the recipe on as well somewhere for these cookies. Uh, so I think I'm, I'm going to have to make a batch. Yes, um, yeah, those um, I believe those cookies were used as currency aboard Skylab. <laughs> yeah, I believe they were used as like yeah. attaboy reward, reward tokens. Yeah, rewards. <laughs> I believe they were used special for special treats. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Um, yeah, that's hilarious. I can imagine Ed getting like kind of frustrated. Like, man, there's no more cookies. <laughs> you know, apparently they were real good. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's hysterical. Well, Dick, I guess I need my fast music for this report. Go ahead. Well, there aren't any 
four butter cookies, I guess, and uh, I guess by this time tomorrow it'll be in withdrawal. There's another great bit of audio where um, I think I think it was a moth. They radioed down that they have some good news to share. Uh, that 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 the crew is delighted to announce the birth of this moth. <laughs> Uh, and it's just so funny. It's just such good humour. And, and uh, Mission Control had to report up that they had no food for it. And uh, and the crew were like, oh, what are we going to do? Have we not got any spider food left? Because obviously they had some spiders Yeah, they had the two well. spiders. Like, no, that, that's all gone. That's all gone. Uh, and, and it was that, that moment where they were like, we're really happy, but at the same time really sad. <laughs> and it's just a wonderful piece of audio from that from that mission, um, which, which I thoroughly enjoyed at, at finding out more. About. That's really the big takeaway I would love people to know is that they really got along uh, well. They'd been working together, um, God, for seven years before they flew. So they were very mm. tight. They got along very well after um, the mission. They were very close afterwards, which is why it kind of hurts so bad that two of the guys are gone now and it's just Ed. Mm. They really vibed well together. Um, if you saw them at events, they were always they were always hanging out. And I think Jerry was a big part of it. I I had the opportunity to meet him a few times. I didn't know him as well as I've known others astronauts, but um, he was always very cheerful, you know, very like, just very kind. You know, if you had a question, he would answer it. He was uh, another one of those guys like uh, Bean that I talked about last podcast, very giving of his time. He seems like the kind of commander you would want to work for. You know, he would dot yeah. your eye and tell you, okay, you got to get this task done, but he would kind of let you do your own, you know, work independently at the same time. He seems like he would be a really good boss, you know, so um, mm. I do have a passage about him, uh, This and I did not write this. This is in the book Around the World in 84 Days. It was actually written by Ed Gibson. It's in the epilogue of the uh, book, and it's called Thoughts on Jerry Carr. It talks about, you know... He, how he was the consummate professional and empathic friend. Uh, he made an outstanding leader and commander. Uh, I think the last sentences are the best ones, and I'll share those. In addition to Jerry's vision, courage, and empathy, he consistently demonstrates an unyielding and hard altruistic core. He shows respect and in turn earns it. And of course, he is competent as anyone who is a commander among the best of the best has to be. All these qualities make him a great leader and loyal friend. The world could use a whole bunch more Jerry cars. So that's something that always kind of stuck with me. Yeah, I mean, that's um, that's a beautiful quote, that as well. That's uh, you, you don't say that about crewmate unless you actually really liked him. We have an announcement. Go ahead. I read I read somewhere today that uh, apparently just before about two minutes before their launch, the three of them were just sitting there laughing. Yeah. Uh, because obviously they'd been building up to this mission for years. They were all rookies, so there was there wasn't any of them, uh, any of them who could say right, this is what's going to happen now, and they were all just sitting there waiting for this launch, and finally it's there and. Why not have a giggle? And I and I, I just think that's 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 wonderful. So there's another aspect of Jerry Carter's career at NASA which I'd like to talk about, and that's his role as Capcom in two of the most famous uh, parts of of spaceflight history. Um, 
Capcom is, uh, for those people who don't know, is uh, essentially the voice of Houston um, or the voice of Mission Control. And he's the person that would talk or he or she would be the person that talks uh, from, from Houston to the astronauts in space. It's always performed by an astronaut. So it's always performed by an astronaut. Uh, the idea being that they speak the same language. Um, so Jerry played this, this role, as I said, in two of the most famous uh, incidents within spaceflight history. Uh, firstly, he was involved with the Apollo 8 mission, which was the first yes, he was. Um, mission to take a crew to the moon. Uh, and as the crew were going around the dark side for the first time, the first people who were observing the moon um, from the far side, and it was Jerry's voice that you heard uh, trying, to, trying to reconnect with them as they come out of their blackout. Apollo 8 Houston, what does the old moon look like from 60 miles? He said, and... Uh, I like that. The old moon. Mike Collins has, uh, has talked about uh, being Capcom, and he was one of the other Capcoms for the Apollo 8 mission. And he actually was the person that told them they had to go for TLI, or translunar injection, the, the, the rocket burn that would put them on course for the moon and be the first people to leave uh, leave the Earth, essentially. And he said that it was one of those, those things where afterwards he realized that he should have said something more profound rather than you all go for TLI. It's the first time anyone was ever going to do this, and that was all he could say. Um, and, and yet, there was there was Jerry Carr with his, what does the old moon look like from 60 miles? And I like that. I thought that was, a, that was just a special moment. And also, he was Capcom for the Apollo 12 launch. Yes, he was. Which is famous for being struck by lightning, lightning uh, the second moon landing. And it nearly, nearly didn't happen because they got struck by lightning. So he was the voice uh, that you hear telling the, Telling Pete Conrad, try SEE to Orcs, try SEE to Orcs, uh, and uh, yeah, that's a pre- that's a pre- pretty famous bit of audio. Um, and and the Capcom is one of those roles which often will get forget forgotten about, and you don't think about who it is the, the person that, that's making those calls up, um, but they're often really famous. So, for example, as uh, as the Apollo 11, one of the most famous bits of audio ever, as Apollo 11 landed on the moon. And Neil said, Tranquility Base here, the Eagle has landed. The next voice you hear was Charlie Duke, who said, uh, we copy you down, Tranquility. Uh, you got a whole guy, bunch of guys about to turn blue here. Now, we've all heard that audio. Loads of people have heard that audio. And that will be played throughout history. And most people won't re- be aware that that was a guy called Charlie Duke who then landed on the moon on Apollo 16. And, uh, exactly. So Capcom is one of my favorite roles. And I always pay attention to to who was the Capcom and all these, all these missions. And Jerry got some pretty good jobs on that one. Um, exactly. So I just wanted to bring that up. Yeah. But back to Skylab. Within um, that, that video you posted, um, that you said, the, the movie you shared, there's yeah. some great moments in that. You, you're right. They look like they were having a great great time. Yeah, they were that. having the, a great time. The bit time. where he's spinning, where Jerry's spinning around Ed as he's trying to get into his spacesuit. It's just hilarious. <laughs> he look, Ed looks like um, a doll. <laughs> Yeah, he looks like a doll baby <laughs> so or something. Funny. I was like, oh my god! You could tell they they felt very at ease with each other, and they really got along well. And I think that kind of gets, and they were having fun. You know, I I just feel like um, at the expense of like sensationalism, that stuff has kind of gotten lost to history, unfortunately. And I really hope, you know, if anybody walks away from this podcast with something, you know, useful, that they know wow, this was a very, you know, pioneering mission, and those guys actually had a lot of fun, and they did a great job up there. You know, those guys were all very professional, and Jerry Carr was the head of all of them on that mission, and he uh, yeah. he did a fantastic job, and had he not, 
worked as well and they not worked as well as a crew together it probably would have affected the um our endeavors in space nowadays um I'm, am i right in saying that after he left nasa the company he set up uh was was pretty instrumental in developing long duration space flight you are correct um he did uh okay. he started a his own company uh I, i'm not sure if i'm saying it correct i want to say it was called camus c-a-m-u-s inc incorporated I could be saying it wrong if I am. I really apologize. But uh, that company had, I want to say, like a contract with Boeing uh, to work on uh, the ISS. So he did contribute to the International Space Station big time. So even when he got back, he was yeah he was still contributing and, and taking those lessons that he learned. Absolutely, yeah. And um, yeah, because those guys, the nine Skylab astronauts were really it as far as, you know, they were the only Americans who really understood what it was like to work and live on a space station. So mm. um, during the development on the of the ISS, those guys were huge and, you know, kind of consulting and giving advice to, okay, this is what it's really like up there. <laughs> of course, of course. So here's one. While we've been recording this, uh, we've actually received a phone call from Dr. Ed Gibson, the science pilot from that final Skylab mission. This was a real special moment for me. I've never... Uh, had the opportunity to speak to to one of the Apollo era astronauts before, um, so I was quite excited. Um, so coming up next is the is our little interview with. Uh, we didn't have him for long, but uh, I hope you enjoyed us. Ed, I'm not sure how I'm going to break this to you, but uh, we really don't have any plans to to feed them. We're not sure whether you want cigars or we owe you cigars. Ed, can you hear us? Yeah, I'm, I'm here. Okay. Can you hear me? I can hear you great. You sound awesome. Hello, Ed. Uh, thanks very much for joining us. We've just been talking about Jerry and, and your mission, uh, and we wondered if you had anything you'd like to add or anything you'd like to say about Jerry. Um, what, what have you done so far? What, what's the scope of what you've been talking about, just the mission? We, we talked about um, you guys seemed to get along so well and you guys had so much fun up there and i was just saying you know we hope that's the takeaway people get from this mission and it seems like you guys work really well together well uh, there's one thing we said if you uh, if you have a common enemy you tend to bond together don't <laughs> <laughs> control that enemy <laughs> that's funny but you guys, um, do you have any impressions, you know, you'd like to share of Jerry Carr, just, you know, either from that time or just even, you know, as a, just a human being in general? Oh, yeah. Well, Jerry was a very dedicated guy. and He had a very strong set of principles and he very rarely deviated from those things. Uh, that's to be admired. Um, he, uh, he got frustrated sometimes, as we all did, especially during that, that mission with what was going on with the ground uh, being very demanding and uh, not quite understanding the situation that they had put us into. But uh, we worked together with, with Bill and uh, we were able to get together and, uh, and uh, Jerry, Jerry was smart enough to uh, to know that uh, things needed some repair work. So uh, he eventually uh, got uh, ground control uh, to have a, uh, a session with us uh, try to work out all our problems. And then we did that in two, two different sessions. And after that, things went much more smoothly once we understand what the problems were of each other. And it was Jerry's leadership that made that happen. 
All right. I do have a question. Um, I was reading in the book um, Around the World in 84 Days, uh, the biography about Jerry Carr, that um, when you guys first attempted to dock the Skylab, it didn't quite work as planned. Um, (laughs) Was there anything you said under your breath to Jerry during that time? I think, you know, I think I was making some remark about uh, Marines not always being strong or something like that. Uh, you know, he, he went into the dock and he bounced out because he hadn't been going with enough enough force, enough energy. So I think I was, I couldn't resist it. I made some comment about, uh, 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 is this the Marine Corps? I don't know, something. Then I pulled this chain about, uh, he was acting. An ex-marine, if there is such a thing, and uh, so why did we uh, not just go put a hole in the spacecraft when we got? <laughs> that is hilarious. <laughs> One question from me: uh, It's a bit of a curveball, but do you know where your spacesuit is? Oh no, I don't. Um, uh, does, yeah, the Smithsonian have it listed on loan or in storage? I did it, I did it one time, but I just forgot where. I'm I'm obsessed with the spacesuit, so I, I've been trying to hunt them down, and I I haven't been able to find yours yet. So I was, that's a question I wanted yeah, to ask. Yeah, no, I don't. I I did it one time, but uh, you know, you never have a, an occasion to link up with it again. Uh, how long ago is this? This is uh, I was in. Uh, I got When did we come back down? Seventy uh, four. So that's that's a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 46 years ago. <laughs> Bet it feels like yesterday. I'm getting to be that age, so it doesn't, now <laughs> everything is like relative to me. Like, uh, it's not that long ago. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, I can't remember what I did yesterday, more or less 46 years ago. I know. Yeah, I'm getting to that point myself. Like, I don't even remember what happened yesterday. I know, I think the power was out yesterday. Yeah, that's what happened yesterday. <laughs> the power was out at my house yeah. all day long. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> We don't want to keep you for too long on Labor Day, um, but before you go, we would both like to send our condolences to you for your loss, and um, we're wondering if you had any final thoughts about Jerry, which you would like people listening to take away from this. Um, well, he's a very high-principled person, and he, and he um, tried to hold to those principles at all times, and then, so I, I get that, that part I admired about him, really did. Um, and you always, uh, you're just always trying to do the right thing. Now we all sometimes had a disagreement about what the right thing was, but uh, you had to admire that, that that's what motivated him. We really thank you for calling. Thank you. We Ed. really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. The Purple Gang is very happy to be the guys that get to congratulate you as the undisputed space champs of the world. Well, that was very special. He's one, yeah. He's wonderful. What a sweet guy. He's genuinely a lovely person. We're, we're almost out of time. Uh, what I will do is I'll put the uh, links in the description of this podcast, as well as as well as the the links I said earlier. I would put in. Um, I will put links to the books and videos we've talked about um, it, when discussing um, Jerry and the Skylab, the final Skylab mission, uh, and also some obituaries about Jerry, uh, which his family have asked to be shared. Um, so please do go and have a look at all of that. Um, maybe you can learn some more uh, about that that part of history uh, and that final Skylab mission. Yes. So thank you for tuning in to uh, find out more about Jerry Carr. And uh, again, we really want to uh, send a huge thanks to uh, Dr. Ed Gibson 
for speaking to us today. Yeah, we'd really like to thank him, and we really appreciate his time and his insight. I'm going to be buzzing about this for a long time, uh, and I hope you enjoyed it. And if you have enjoyed this episode, please do press the like button or the follow button and subscribe button, whatever there is on your podcast platform. Uh, however you decide to do it, leave a review. It really does help us uh, help us out big time. So uh, we appreciate anyone who has done that. Yes, and also uh, please keep the comments coming in on social media as well. Uh, they've been really awesome to read and we really appreciate it. Which does remind me uh, that Peter Jackson got in contact on Twitter to ask for a link to the Go Flight podcast interview with Alan Bean that we mentioned last week. Unfortunately, it does appear to have been taken down at the moment. Um, I'm going to reach out to, to Rick Houston to find out if that's just a little admin error or whether he's he's brought it down. Um, it would be a shame if he has brought it down because it's a great interview. Yeah, it really, it really was. Um, that whole podcast series was a lot of fun. So, it really was. Um, yep. So uh, thank you again for joining us, and we hope to see you again next week. Uh, and remember, in space, no one can hear you meme or stream or meme, but it doesn't matter. Either way. <laughs> space and Things has been brought to you by And Things Productions.